On this week's episode, I'm joined by dance choreographer and host of the Unintentional Porn Star podcast, Rebecca Reinhardt. The Unintentional Porn Star comes from the experience of Rebecca having a private sex tape released on the internet without her permission. We discuss how it affected the relationships around her, how she is able to show empathy towards people who shame her for it, and how she has started to take back her power. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Journey 17. Today, we have Rebecca Reinhardt on. And um, Rebecca, I don't want to put any pressure on you, but 17 is actually my favorite number. So this has to be a good episode. Um, otherwise, I'll never I'll never forgive you. <laughs> no big deal, right? Just yeah, no like, big deal. right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. You got one shot at it and uh, there's no there's no do overs, anything like that. So <laughs> um, but Rebecca is a choreographer, um, also a host of the podcast, The Unintentional Porn Star, which uh, we are going to get into and is something I've dug into a little bit listening to season one and a super interesting topic but at first I just want to start off a little bit about you just um, in general you know kind of what you're doing today uh, how you got here um, what you do for work anything like that whatever comes up to mind just a little bit on Rebecca amazing so you hit it bang on I am a dancer choreographer and then I also have a podcast um you know, in May of 2020, I was going to be moving to LA to kind of pursue the choreography route in film. I love film and um, we'll see what happens in the future. But, you know, because of COVID, actually things have switched for me quite drastically. And the podcast, I started to do season two, which focuses more on like healing. And then um, I'm working towards, I have some books and everything as well. Um, so I'm working towards making that all become accessible to people and it's more sharing about the healing journey so um as well as being a choreographer i feel like i'm shifting and allowing myself to shift into more of like a sort of healing conversation i'm very candid i'm very human so where i'm at in that journey is just being myself and speaking my truth and hopefully inspiring people to take action in their own life or what have you so um, I mean, that's kind of a bit about myself and I guess the future too, in terms of dance and choreo, we'll see what happens, but that's a part of my life. That's a part of my like soul and my blood. So I know it'll be there no matter what, but um, yeah, that's pretty much me in a nutshell at this point right now. Cool. <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Um, and I'm curious, what was it about, you know, COVID that kind of changed things a little bit? I mean, obviously the physical limitations of, you know, um, it may, being extremely difficult to physically move there, but was there also, you know, maybe an aspect of slowing down and having different priorities come up or, you know, kind of what was that and what, what shifted and what caused the shift? Ooh, I mean, gosh, it was a, it was a bunch of stuff put together. I mean, um, there were some strong messages of, inside me when COVID hit and when I was supposed to move being like don't go so it was that was an internal sort of intuitive moment that I'm still actually being like wow like that was strong and like why but I see it I'm grateful for it I get it and then yeah I mean with COVID because of the limitations with people it really forces you to go internal and I thought of myself as a very internal internal person especially um, working through all of the stuff with the sex tape, like I was like, oh, I've done all of the work and then COVID hit and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I think I just scratched the surface. Like it's, it does, it forces you to sit with yourself and sit with the uncomfortable, sit with the unknown. You know, I mean, everything is always constantly changing regardless of having COVID being present, but COVID really shook the world um, in terms of like, we will never know everything. We don't have that ability. And that's a part of life and the beauty of life. And so, yeah, I mean, it was a number of things. And like the industry, the arts industry itself is still like, my heart is just, it's breaking with it. It still is really suffering in many ways. I'm, and I only can relate to the dance world, um, dance studios, like not doing well. Film is like obviously restricted. They're, they're doing their thing. They're making things work, but, but like the, it's just the restrictions are insane. And I remember saying to myself, you know, like I want to go to LA or the States or the rest of the world when the energy is, is moving again. Um, that was just a decision. So it was, yeah, it was, COVID is, was probably the main instigator for all these changes and yet yeah, forced you to go inside. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, that's one of the most interesting things is that it was forced and not on just, you know, one person on everybody. <laughs> and, you know, for me, the biggest thing that came up was really figuring out what is important. Right. And when everything, you know, is so much more effort um, to see people, to talk to people, to go places, what is important in my life? Who is important in my life? Who am I willing to make those extra efforts for? Um, and yeah, it just, it really put a lot of perspective for me. Um, but, you know, I, I think that because a lot of your journey and uh, this conversation is kind of framed with, uh, you know, you brought up the sex tape and, um, you know, we've mentioned the unintentional porn star. Um, do you mind just giving some context to everybody about what happened and kind of what kicked off that journey? Yes. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. You know, it's so crazy as I haven't, um, I haven't, summed this up in a long time. It's been a while and I'm already feeling the emotions coming up. So basically um, in 2013, I had a sex tape released without my consent online on multiple porn sites. And I was with the friend, like the guy was a friend at the time and we were hanging out together. So tried to deal with it on my own. And in that time, the law wasn't set up to support um, victims of like online crimes, online sexual crimes. So I like called the cops, they couldn't do anything. I like, um, I don't know, I tried to, I tried to push it down, to be honest. I tried to ignore it because I was like, this is such a scary thing. It's so, it's embarrassing. I feel ashamed. It was like, it was, I knew it was a big thing when I saw the first, my friend messaged me and was like, Hey, here's the sex tape online. I was like, Oh, that's bomb. You can swear. You can say. Okay, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. I knew it was going to be a big thing. So, anyways, because of both the law and things not being set up for me, when I did start to take action in 2018, um, it didn't go well for me. So in 2018, I had my best friend message me. I was like at a wedding in Seattle, having a great time for one of my best friends. And um, another best friend messaged me and was like, hey, it's back up and it's been on Pornhub. It has 500,000 views. It was downloadable. And in that moment in 2018, I was like, okay, like I've had enough. I've, I'm like, I was like, I'm done. Like F this, I need to take action. So I hired lawyers. I had detectives with the police force working with me. Um, again, it didn't work out because like, you can't technically go back more than two years. And also let me just point out that at the time, um, even when I was pursuing action in 2018, they couldn't charge him for being negligent with the footage. He said that the footage was um, stolen. His, his hard drive was stolen. I'm like, what are you doing on a hard drive, buddy? Um, but they couldn't charge him with negligence. They could only charge him with posting. And because he said he um, didn't post it, he got off. Like I had years of evidence. I have like screenshots of our conversations of just everything. Like I put in the work for myself and so for me and my journey, it, to be honest, was quite shit. And like, it was really hard. It was so hard. And like, I was on the floor, like literally and figuratively speaking, like I was like, I was lost. I was gone. I had nothing left. Like, because I started to speak about it too, um, which I realized now was a part of my healing, but because I started to speak about it, I lost everyone because people were like, we don't talk about these things. We don't, this is uncomfortable. I was shamed for making the video. So as I started to talk about it, so I started the unintentional porn star and I started a podcast with my friend. And as I started to talk about it, the message became very clear that it was like, oh no, I shouldn't be shamed for making a sex tape and being a sexual woman. Like I was attacked for being a sexual woman, you know, the man at that time and sometimes still as a conversation. Um, I don't want to generalize, but this is what was coming up. Just so you know, I don't feel this way as much anymore, but like the man is like, okay to be sexual. He's okay to make the tape. The woman, oh my God, she made a sex tape. What a slut. Like I was called fucking skank. I was like all of this stuff. And so the message was like, hold on a second here. I'm allowed to be sexual. Sex is beautiful. What's wrong is that I got exploited for my sexuality. So that's like, wow, that was like a whole, like since 2013 to now sort of breakdown. 
And I got, I felt even when I was speaking with you that I was getting lost in it because I'm like, what's important here. And I mean, I think the biggest thing too, is like, I'm so proud of myself and I'm so grateful for the help that I had because I was so smashed and I'm so on the ground and like now is such a different story. And I'm like, so oddly, not oddly, but grateful that this happened to me because I feel so strong and I feel so in tune with myself now. And it's because I was like, just completely broken into pieces. So, whew. <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it's such a powerful story. <laughs> and, you know, like I, I messaged you um, on Instagram and like just listening to it, I was blown away by your vulnerability and, mm -hmm you know, kind of how genuine you were about the whole process and about actually sharing and like, this is what's going on and, you know, not allowing the shame that the other people trying to shame you into submission that, you know, you were wrong. This was wrong for you to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that's a huge part too of completely ignoring the fact that, you know, you were one of two parties, right? Of like, because you're a woman, you're wrong in it. And it shouldn't be that way at all. And, you know, for both. And it's one of those taboo subjects that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. A lot of people have been told is wrong their entire life. And, you know, I, it really, I think those type of topics expose a lot of insecurities and deep, deep programming and a lot of people bringing those up and, you know, just seeing their reactions. Like I can't even imagine, you know, like going to these people that are close to you and, you know, that, um, you know, you care about and having those sort of reactions in return of um, instead of supporting you, almost pushing you down more. Yeah. And I mean, you brought up a lot of really good points about like how uncomfortable it is for people. So, you know, now in my process, I look back and I want to give everybody a hug because it was such a big challenge to present to people and it's nobody's fault for their reactions or the way that they feel. And it was nobody's fault, including mine, that I wanted to heal myself and share my story and, and help people. So, you know, there's no hard feelings. But an example, too, is I went on to a, a radio show. It's on my website somewhere. But it, the Jerry Agar, um, the host of it before we went in was like, are you ready? You know, and he kind of went in in a, in a way of looking at it from that really tough, really judgmental position on purpose. And in that interview, um, there was one person who was blowing up the comments being like fucking skank. This is the worst show you've ever done. And, you know, with that, I, I kind of, in that moment, I'm so, again, I'm proud of myself. It might sound cocky, but it's not. It's like, I was able in that moment to be like that person. I recognize that they're feeling really hurt. I'm not sure why they're feeling so attacked. I, I didn't do anything to them. Um, but then it, it kind of showed me that like, we all just need love and compassion because there's clearly something that this, I triggered something in this person and that sex and um, conversations around sex and sexuality sometimes can really trigger people. Like the more I study, cause I love sex. I think it's beautiful. The more I study um, things about, around sexuality and sex is like, sex is one of the most powerful in quotations, emotions that we feel. And so no wonder people are getting so triggered. No wonder there's so much shame and judgment being thrown at someone like myself. Who's like, Oh, actually, like I, I chose to make that sex tape. I liked doing that with that person. And so I see there's a lot of compassion behind where the reactions can come from or where people go, I'm not ready to talk about this. We don't talk about this, you know? So now I, it's like, I see it as I want to just be like, I hear you. Thank you for being right where you are. Um, because it is and can be uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not uncomfortable with it now. I mean, I was forced into speaking about it and I've always loved sex. And so I kind of feel oddly, like I have a really interesting platform to talk about such a thing if, and when it comes up. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's something that I've actually, I've noticed about you a couple of times and you've already done it twice here um, mm -hmm. is your ability to meet people with compassion and empathy that are attacking you or aren't supporting you or calling you names or um, you know, whatever it might be. Where do you think that comes from? Have you always been able to do that? And because I think it's a very tough thing. And to be honest, I think it's almost the complete opposite of what most people do right? Is like, you call me skank, fuck you, right? Like, you know, come back at them, kind of that defensive, defensiveness of, 
um, attacking them back. So I'm just, I'm curious, you know, like if you've thought about that at all. Oh yeah, I don't know if I have a full answer, but first let me say I am human and do I snap back at people? You fucking bet. Like if someone, <laughs> yeah. if, and, and, then, and then I'm hoping, I'm hoping to get better at that because it is reactionary to snap back at someone. So let me say like, I have full capability of being like, boom, right back <laughs> to you. I'm working on, on not doing that, but that's like in the moment. Um, again, we're all human. So anyways, as I work on that though, there, there has always been, it's, it's hard to, for me to know where this is coming from, but there has always been this drive for love my entire life. Like even as a young child, I was like really sensitive. I was super, you know, I was the too sensitive type. And now we're starting to see that that's just like empathy. There's actually power behind emotions. There's um, power behind connecting with people and feeling what people are feeling. Like those are really special gifts. Um, I'm seeing that now, but I, I don't honestly know where it came from. Like a part of me is like, was that just given to me as like Rebecca Reinhardt's gift on this earth? I'm not sure, but it's also possibly from just seeing maybe the other side and just knowing that like, I don't, it just, there was just something that was like, I don't like seeing people hurt. I don't enjoy it. And that actually became a part of the campaign as well. The first unintentional porn star campaign where I was going on to media more often was like, it was about love. It was about wanting to forgive this person. And the more that I think about it, it's like, if I'm going to sit here and hold this resentment and anger in me, that's only doing me a disservice. That's also like harming my future relationships with other people, because then I'm going to be sitting in that and passing that on to people that are new that don't have that in them. So it's like, I knew that it was like, love was to heal myself, but it was also to like, connect with that person that hurt me and be like, Hey, like what happened? I haven't had that capability for law um, reasons and all of that. And I don't know if he ever would, that's okay. I'm okay with that now. But like, I just knew that like love was the answer because, and I use love in such a big encompassing term because that's what, that's where you can sit and, and feel at peace. That's where you can sit uh, and connect with someone that's where that's where change actually happens is in love and when I would get mad and angry is I nothing would happen in fact it would repel people away more and it would make things worse and then I'd be like oh whereas when I would practice love and all of that sort of emotional side of it like that's when things actually began to mesh change fix all of these things so I don't know where it came, where it came from. Um, I am tapping into spirituality more for myself, even as I heal. And so I'm like, where are my, where my spirits? Like, were they like, here, this is for you. Like, I, I don't know. And like, even when I was younger, I'd be like, why does no one understand me? And even now I'm like, why doesn't everyone just love? Like, it's yeah. so beautiful. So it's kind of childish potentially, but at the same time, I, I cherish that. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I like, it's it's such an interesting topic and you know I've been thinking about it a lot in even just in general in society these days of it really does seem like it's you're on my side or you're on your side right mm. you're either right or wrong I'm right you're wrong unless you 100% agree with me it's very like line in the sand um very rigid like not mm. oh I can see your point or like oh even though I don't agree with you that's okay you know that doesn't make you less of a person or that doesn't make you a bad person or whatever it might be and you know instead of approaching it with that love with that empathy with that you know we can be stronger together with our differences and you know for me a big one is I believe that to actually change somebody's mind you need to almost create that safe environment because a lot of times when you attack them, when you say, no, you're wrong, when you use shame, when you, whatever it might be, a lot of times it's a defensive, they just automatically get defensive and it pushes them farther away from where you actually want them to be. Or sometimes what happens is they just will become quiet and say, oh yes, no, like I agree with you. And then in their mind, know that they don't agree with you at all. And I think that it's, it's almost counterproductive of coming in with that anger and coming in with that shame actually pushes people farther away from where you want them to be. Yeah. And I think there's also, if you don't mind me discussing something very yeah, sure. here, kind of conversing with you about this, <clears throat> pardon me. 
you know, the more that I do this work and the more that I heal myself and the more that I try to love other people, the more I realize what they feel and think is none of my business. What they feel and think is their, their prerogative, their, their gift, their opportunity, their right. And that I think what I'm realizing more is like, sometimes you're just not meant to be around somebody. And whether that's a family member or a romantic partner or a friend or a stranger, sometimes it just doesn't mesh. And to me, I'm curious to hear what you think after. It's not necessarily about creating the space for them to change. It's creating the space for them to just be themselves and exist. And sometimes love and, and, and acceptance is like, you know, this isn't really meshing right now. That's okay. You know, we're not seeing the same thing. I love you. I love your mind. Um, I wish we could find something, but maybe, maybe life will bring us back together <clears throat> in the future in some capacity. And I also think that it is possible to exist side by side with people with different values. So long as I love what you said about the space, it's so true. Like if we can hold space for people to just be themselves and feel and exist in themselves. Like how gorgeous is that? Like how powerful is that? And I think that when that space is present and that love is present for both sides and both sides can reciprocate it, that's where you can come together regardless of any of your opinions or thoughts or habits even. It's like, even if someone is being destructive, you could, if you can look at them in love and be like, I wish I could help you. I wish, you know, whatever I can't, I mean, all you can do is be like, I'm here for you. I love you right where you are. You're a fucking mess. I love you. I'm right. I'm right here if you need, you know, and it's like, cause I've been a mess and that's sometimes all I needed was some, for someone to hold me. That was it. Cause I knew I had the work to do or something. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to hear what you think in terms of like, cause you mentioned, you know, giving space for them to potentially either change their minds, but how do you feel about like, I guess, yeah. How do you feel about that? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I, for me, just personally, I, I tell people a lot of times, I'm like, I'm not a convincer, right? Like, you know, I'll tell you where I stand. I'll tell you what I believe in. And that's kind of where, where it's at. If you're curious about it, you can come to me. Like, I love having open conversations. I love talking it out. I want to hear why you disagree with me. I want you to, you know, <laughs> not attack, but try to poke holes in my thinking. Um, but at the end of the day, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. And I think it's so powerful what you said, though, about you don't necessarily just because you don't have to be everything to everybody. Every relationship in your life doesn't have to be 100 percent and realizing sometimes that there's limitations on different relationships. And that's OK, whether that's friendship or family or whatever it might be, um, just because you've been best friends for 12 years doesn't necessarily mean right now you're meant to be best friends. You know, just because somebody is your mom doesn't mean that you need to talk to them every single day and come to them with every single problem that you ever have. And that's okay. It's not, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, you know, different. What's the saying that people have told me it's people coming into your life for um, a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, the idea that just because you're no longer close with somebody doesn't now make them a bad person, doesn't discount everything that you've gone through with them, doesn't. Um, mean that you can never become close again and you know for me it's it's such an interesting take because <laughs> like I always tell people honestly it's not super altruistic why I'm open to so many different things a lot of times I just don't care right? like mm -hmm. as long as you're not harming anybody else as as long as whatever it is it's between two consenting adults have fun, right? Like, as long as it's not affecting me, why do I care, right? Like, why do I care if you're gay? Why do I care um, if you're bi? Why do I care if you are on one side of the political aisle or the other? As long as you're not harming people, causing them harm, or or trying to push your values on me, whatever it might be, that's, you know, like, it's it's not super altruistic. It's, I, I don't know, I don't see why I should care, why I should be the one to say that's wrong, I'm right, and what you're doing is wrong. Right. I think you brought up some really cool points. I like that. I like that you're using altruistic. Um, I mean, I've never been necessarily, that's never been thrown at me specifically, but they, people call me the dreamer or this or that. <laughs> so like, I kind of like appreciate that in a way. And um, I think that 
you know, you brought up a few good points in that, like the whole season thing is every, every experience you have with someone is a gift and is there to mirror something for you? Is there to teach you something? Is there to like be inspiring for you? Like whether that person ends up existing in your life for yeah, a day, a second, 10 years, the rest of your life, like wow, what a true gift. And, and you're right. If it doesn't align and there's not room to expand together, that's okay. Like it's, it's, it's just life. Like it's existence. And, you know, we're all on our own beautiful paths. And <clears throat> I think if you can show up in, in love, then like all of that's okay. Oh, oh, I also wanted to say that. Um, I think that another thing that is pertinent to bring up, I guess, is that letting go can be really hard. And, um, there is possibly um, um, the idea that parting ways, even temporarily, or creating space, even or creating boundaries. There's possibly a, <clears throat> the idea that that's negative, bad. Yeah, like losing someone temporarily or long or forever can be really hard. And let's acknowledge that. Like it's sad if you're not best friends with your best friend. If you don't want to talk to your mom every day, like yeah, there's a part of sadness to that. But it's also once you see the beauty behind that and the reasoning behind it and how you're actually loving each other more through that and growing more then it's like, oh, oh my gosh, this is gorgeous. And so just kind of allowing that, um, allowing and letting go so that everything can exist the way it, sh it should, not should is a strong word, but the way that it, it wants to, hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but like. I yeah, I almost think of it as like suffocating it, right? Of sometimes by forcing that closeness, you're actually suffocating the growth Absolutely. that is able to, would be able to grow if it wasn't being suffocated. Absolutely. And that's where like the space part just keeps coming back when you said that, like the space to expand, the space to grow apart, the space to grow back together, the space to just let it exist the way it needs to, because then that's where the strength and the relationships, um, any type of relationship can actually be built is when you're like, oh, okay. Like yeah. there's safety here yeah. for whatever needs to be done. For sure. Um, and, you know, going back way to the beginning, actually of the talk, I wanted to, to hit on something of, you know, you talked about when the tape was first released, um, a lot of what you did was push everything down and not allowed to come up and kind of, you know, suppress those emotions, which I resonated a ton because um, so over about the year, last year and a half, I've done a ton of like personal development growth and looking at myself and, you know, kind of what makes me me and why do I do the things that I do? And I realized that that has been my coping mechanism for my entire life. Everything is pushed down, pushed down, pushed down. If I'm not going to feel this, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to let it affect me. Um, one of the biggest realizations I had was that that meant I had to push down the positive emotions too. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just pu push down the negative ones. I had to push down all of them. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um, and slowly kind of almost like letting the release valve go a little bit and allowing myself to feel those things a little bit at a time and more and more and more. Um, and so I was curious, you know, was, was that something that you did before? of pushing down and suppressing your emotions? Or do you think that that was more of a response to such, you know, call it what it is, a traumatic event and enabled, in order to deal with it, that's kind of where you just naturally went? I think there's two sides to that. I think that culturally, um, possibly around the time of when I was a youth, it wasn't necessarily promoted to be emotional um or to show all sides of yourself truthfully um it was seen as like chaotic or that you were unstable or something so i think there was that potentially um and then um it was definitely situational as well um where that triggered me so deeply and i didn't know how to deal with it that i was like okay sure and, and, you know, what's interesting when you say that is as soon I, uh, as soon as I made that decision to push that down, my life started to decline and it took years, but it was because I was depriving myself of other sides. Like there is positive and negative to every single situation, every single one. And so if you're doing any sort of pushing down, you're absolutely right. You're, you're starving yourself of the beauty of life, the beauty of an experience, the beauty of 
freaking mess. Like there is so much gorgeous beauty behind things falling apart. And that's also potentially a societal thing. It's also really hard to go through. So like, I get it, we get it, but it's like, there is beauty to that. And so, um, yeah, it's funny. I didn't know. I didn't know that I was going to be affecting my life for years by pushing that down. Um, but as soon as I started to uncover it, I was like, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been hiding and hiding and hiding and hiding. And I lost, like, I, I always used to talk about when I first moved to Toronto in 2010, um, I was just like vibrant, like fearless, loving, like, woo, like we're partying, doing this. It was out of like joy for life. It was out of the the wildness of life. Like I was an artist. I was like, that's where I express myself. And then I was like, I'm in Toronto now. I'm a new person and express myself everywhere I go. Ah! <laughs> and then that's when that happened. It started to suppress that. And I remember saying even sort of semi recently with my um, life coaching counselor, I was like, I, I miss her. I miss her. I miss the joy. Like this was maybe a few months ago now, but still. And I, and, and, and so in finding my youth again and in, in finding the forgiveness and finding and allowing everything to come up because everything comes up like get ready roller coaster <laughs> get ready like I had panic attacks recently like yeah. get ready when you open it up it's not used to being open if you have pushed it down if you've always been in tune with your emotions then it's like you'll have some sort of like flexibility and harmony in your practices but when you like suppress it and then open it like <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and like it doesn't have to be like that but that's what it was like for me and it sounds you know sort of similar in that like you've sure. been the thing and, yeah. and I think that's also why self-work can also be sometimes scary in a way is because you know you know what you're what you're hiding you know that there's so much darkness in there and it's like it can be really freaking scary and it's like if there's anything even just in talking about this that from personal experience is like all of that darkness is there to serve you all of that darkness is there to come to be acknowledged loved and healed all of that is a part of you and also not a part of you like it's not who you are it's there and whether it's like generational trauma or a situational thing that has happened like the more that you acknowledge it love it and and make it, it real for yourself the more than you can like hug it and actually like deal with it and heal it and find the positives in that like I think finding gratitude for every single thing is a practice and it's also like changed my entire life completely like I have been practicing gratitude for months now and it's practice it takes practice but like every single thing that comes up how is it serving me what is the gift in this and it's like I think the only reason that that that's accessible is because of opening that freaking valve you yeah. know like, yeah. oh, oh my gosh and and I also want to say too to just like sharing if we're you know we're talking to people on this podcast that like again um I, and this is very personal to me but emotions are a gift you are a gift every part of you is a gift everything that you, you have been through is a part of who you are now and a part of who you will become and a part of how you will like connect with people and love people and so you know, you also said like, um, I'm going to switch the way you said, if you're not doing it and hurting people, it's like, if you're doing it out of love for yourself and out of love for people, then it's not wrong. Like it can't be yeah. wrong. Well, that's such a strong thing to say. I felt very passionate. There's a better <laughs> way to say that probably, but I just mean that like, just like all of these things that are going on inside are, are worthy of being like heard and cared for and expressed and, and nurtured and, oh, so lovely like I, I honestly just need to say like the more that I do this work and the more that I acknowledge both sides of myself and see that I have all of these qualities that people even I don't like in me um the more beautiful life is the more rich it is the more like I just every day I'm like holy crap we're <laughs> lucky to be here we are so lucky to feel we are so lucky to go through shit we are so lucky to go and look at a butterfly and like go skiing like we are just so lucky like oh my gosh <laughs> no I, I love that and you know it kind of reminds me of something that I've latched onto of the idea of you find what you're looking for right if you're looking for love and gratitude and beauty mm. in the world it's very easy to find if you're looking for hatred and cynicism and darkness it's also very easy to find and it's all about your perspective 
Mm. Um, a couple other things that you said that really, really hit home too was um, the one was, you know, when you first allow those emotions to start coming up and, you know, before I had actually start, started doing the work and, you know, allowing myself to feel these things, I would have these incredible you know, almost overreaction and outbursts mm -hmm. of yep. emotion because yeah. there's so much pent up pressure in there, you know, <laughs> um, whether it's, I watch a sad movie and I bawl my eyes out, <laughs> right? Or um, I feel a little bit of anger and I'm like, I'm fuming. Like I'm, my face is red. I'm like on the verge of tears. I'm like ready to just let it punch something when it's a, a small thing in the grand scheme of things. And it's because I had all that pressure built up and I, because of that, I was afraid of my emotions too. It was, if I ever get angry, I'm going to explode. And so that kind of compounded the issue that, okay, well, I better push them down farther and push them down farther. Um, and the other thing that you said that I really resonated with was kind of the, the two sides, you know, like there's the good and bad to everything. And a huge breakthrough for me while I was, you know, maybe a couple months ago, um, I start, I've started to identify defensive mechanisms that I have. And, you know, a lot of like, for me, one of the biggest ones is if I'm starting to think about something that my mind decides that is too trying or traumatic or whatever it might be, it'll automatically switch my thinking away from it. And I can't focus on it. I used to get really angry at it. I'm like, fuck, I just want to focus on this. I want to work through this thing. I know that this is an event that I want to kind of pick apart and figure out what happened and how it affected me. And the switch was once I realized that it was that defensive mechanism and that for, you know, lack of a better term, like, you know, in my, in my childhood, there was a lot of conflict and it was a defense mechanism that for lack of a better term, kept me alive and got me through that. Survival. And so greeting with gratitude of, you know, thanking it, like, thank you. Like you, you as the defense mechanism got me through those tough times. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And trying to make it okay and safe for me to now deal with those things. Of, you know, I'm in a better spot now. I can handle these things. I'm, I want to go into these things. Thank you for the, the purpose that you've served. And I, I still want to go into this. I want to work through it because I know it will be a lot. It'll lead to a lot of healing working through it. Mm -hmm. It's so true. Oh, I just need to take a second with that because I think one of the greatest things, you know, is that facing your reality and facing, you know, your story and again, like you're saying, finding the gratitude is like, in a sense, it's like, what more is there you, you can do in a way and, and, you know, to exist in life and, and be there authentically with your whole self is so amazing and powerful. And I feel that you might feel similarly that that is where your inner strength, your power, your purpose comes from is from all of those those trials and tribulations and and you know the traumas and 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 it's like and that's where you know we all have that whether we had the perfect life with lots of money or not like it's not about that it's about like being a human and like trying to exist as this like unique being that nobody knows how to well I, it wasn't as supported to be a unique being potentially before I'm that's a question um, more than a statement. Uh, that's how I potentially felt. And so it's like the more we can allow ourselves to be unique with our unique stories and our, all these things is like, that's so neat and cool, oddly. And yeah, like the gratitude is so such an essential part. And I think the one thing that, that always kind of ugh, with me is that, you know, such a word as gratitude gets really overused. And I find that I lost meaning of what gratitude was uh, for a bit because I was like, oh, everyone's saying gratitude, gratitude, schmanitude, you know? And it's like, I think there's a big thing of like, we all can find what gratitude means to us and what that looks like and feels like. And so, yeah, yeah I think that's great. And also um, something I, I, you know, want to bring up too is like, um, cause I, I love just like studying and I think going through such hard times, I potentially gripped onto studying and whatever, but I've learned a lot. So I'm again, grateful for that. But like <clears throat> thoughts are legitimately so, like it, 
they're science. It's science that thoughts are your reality. Um, when you're thinking something, your brain is creating hormones. Like, I don't know all of this. Like there are people that are way better at this than me, but this is just my little um, insight from my own learnings is like, literally what you're thinking creates the hormones and secretes certain things. And then that formulates like the DNA that's in your body. So it's like, if you're sitting with all of your anger, rage, traumas, and you're not necessarily loving them and dealing with them, like you're literally creating um, issues in your body. And I just did a podcast episode just recently that like your body's telling you something, your body um, you know, I have, I have uterus issues and I'm not freaking surprised because I feel like I have held in so much being a woman. I felt a lot of pressure. I took in a lot of the shame as a woman, like there's the patriarchy to deal with. There's all these things, but I'm starting to find love for that because I want my issues to like, ah, I don't need to hold this in my body anymore. This isn't mine anymore. Like we can love everybody. Everyone's working towards healing the masculine, healing the feminine. We're all just freaking humans, but like it, it is so true that what you think is, and there's science behind it. And I, and some people like, I remember being someone that was like, okay, okay. So if I think good things, good things are going to come. Um, yeah, actually like legitimately scientifically speaking. Yes. And like the energy that you have in you like is, is shared and, and, oh, like, oh, there's so much to say about it, even scientifically. Yeah. Um, if there are people that can't gravitate towards the more spiritual side of like gratitude or something, it's like, oh, it's actually scientific. Like there are so many people. There's one person, Dr. Day Bar Dr. Day Martini. I follow him. Um, he's very much about like the science behind everything. And it's so cool. And it's also like kind of tapped in spiritually, but not. Oh, it's so neat. But like this stuff is fascinating. <laughs> oh, I, I love that stuff. And you know, it's for, for me, I kind of go to it, like I call it like living in and culture instead of or culture and again realizing that it doesn't have to be like ultimatums or sides or whatever it might be of you don't need to be spiritual or scientific totally. right and yeah. a lot of times they play together and yeah. you know it's um somebody can take yoga for example and somebody can talk about you know the the spiritual well-being and nurturing that it causes within you um, leads to a better life, um, which doesn't make the fact that your body reacts and heals itself and becomes healthier from doing yoga from a very scientific point of view as well. Um, you know, even like things like breathing, right, of like meditation, breathing exercise, whatever it might be. Some people see, you know, very spiritual and you can also look at the science of it and see how physiologically it changes you. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. They play together and it's almost always somewhere in between, right? It's never a hundred percent and zero. Um, you know, the other thing that just came up for me while you were talking about that is, you know, kind of the idea that again, removing the shame around emotions and the shoulds and shouldn'ts around emotions. If you're feeling an emotion, it's real because you're feeling it. And instead of being told, well, you shouldn't feel that way, you shouldn't be angry, you shouldn't be embarrassed, you shouldn't be sad, whatever it is. For me, it's a lot more about asking why. Mm -hmm. Well, why do you feel angry? Why do I feel angry in this? Why do I feel embarrassed in this? Why do I feel, you know, shameful in this? You know, and it's not invalidating the emotions themselves. It's trying to figure out where they're coming from. Like, yes, maybe it's not an appropriate reaction, call it but it's still real because that's your emotion in this situation. And yeah, you know, another thing I'm all about is, you know, tackling the roots, you know, the roots of where this is coming from instead of, you know, the branches of the symptoms, you know, yeah, you're feeling angry. That's a symptom. What's the root of that? Where is that coming from? Was it, you know, a, a wound from your father when you were very young? Was it, you know, <sighs> whatever it might be, but asking why instead of, you know, looking at that right or wrong. Well, I mean, there's some really cool things to talk about with that is like, yes, because your emotions are not you. They do not say you are an angry person or like, sorry, I talked about this in another episode, but it's, it's like that, that emotion is not you. You are not an angry person. If you feel anger, you are not a sad person. If you feel sad, they are literally a guide to want to bring you back to a homeostasis, to a balanced state, to where you feel good. However you want to say that or see that. Right. And it's like, they are a gift and that 
um, if we can just allow the space for all of us to feel those emotions and not attach them to who we are, then it's like, then that's when they actually can be recognized and released. So it's like, if you're feeling angry, like I've been throwing myself in the bath recently because I feel like I'm also shifting internally is still. And, um, and I've been throwing myself in the bath to literally be like naked with myself in figurative and literal way being like, what the heck is going on? Like, why is there so much anxiety right now? Why am I so angry? What are you saying to me? What am I missing? What is the message? Like they are truly there to help us. It's a reaction. It's when you feel either unsafe or um, something feels off and you're not listening to your intuition, like whatever it is, it's like, it's literally a gift. Your emotions are a gift. And to see that and, and again, not place judgment on it, I think is a really beautiful part of a healing journey. And also just being a human, like being able to exist as a human and exist with other people and recognize that like this person's blowing up in my face right now, or I'm blowing up in someone's face right now. This is interesting. Something must be really triggered right now. Something's off. Like yeah. let's hold space for this, this emotion. And then let's figure out what's actually going on. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, it's so true. And it, it's funny because for me, it brings it back to, you know, the empathy side of it. Mm. This person is blowing up in my face at you know something that didn't necessarily warrant it or seems like it might be an extreme reaction you know like oh I wonder what's going on you know or what happened before that I was with them or what happened in their childhood or whatever it might be um no so I, I love that a lot and uh just switching things a little bit um because it's something that I, I I've given a lot of thought about and I think it might be similar for you, but one of the reasons why I started, you know, the podcast and one of the commitments that I did to myself was I'm going to be extremely vulnerable. I'm going to, you know, kind of put out all of my poison, put out all of my darkness into the world so that it doesn't hold control over me and kind of take the power back from it. And that's really how I thought about it. For me, like a lot of things that I struggled with was this idea of perfection of I needed to be perfect to be loved. And if it was anything less than perfect, then I wasn't worthy of love. Mm -hmm. And so that means, you know, I can't show anything's wrong with me. I can't do anything that disagrees with whoever I'm talking to or interacting with in the moment. And for me, it really was liberating of like, I, you know, there was always this underlying fear that somebody will find this out about me, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it be like, you know, I struggle with body image or, you know, I feel like I'm not enough or whatever my art, you know, sometimes I have like depressive episodes and putting all of that out removed that fear. And I felt like I took that power back of I was in control. Now I didn't have to worry about and take all of that mental energy worrying about somebody like, will they see that in me? Will they figure it out? Will they hear it from somewhere? And I'm curious if that was at all similar for you kind of going public with your story and starting the podcast and um, excuse me, whether that was the intention at the beginning or have you felt that at all? The, you know, the idea of putting these things out into the world to take the power back for yourself. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it was. At the time, did I know what I was doing? No, <laughs> like it was literally, I would, people would be like, why are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know, I have to, I have to. And I realized now it was exactly that I was claiming my narrative back. And I did the photo shoot. I did a photo shoot in like a piece of <clears throat> lingerie and everyone's like, what are you doing? And I was like, my body was just splayed all over the internet, my face, my entire body. Like I was doing things to myself. I was doing things to him. Like it was all just me. And I was like, I want this to be beautiful again. I want to claim my body and take my story back. And it was like pretty aggressive because I was like angry and all of that. So that was like kind of an aggressive way for me to be like, okay, like this is my body. This is my life. This is my story. And as it evolved, it, you know, it, it's kind of become more about, Ooh, this is interesting. Let me take a second with this. Um, now I'd say it's more about being human. And I think the message that I share now is like everything that's there with you is just a part of being human, you know, and like you have a choice to show up for yourself and show up with love and show up with compassion, show up with real emotions. You have a choice in how you show up in the world and how you exist. And like being a human is fucking hard sometimes. And like, it's confusing. And, you know, even when, even when you think people have it all together and they're like a psychologist who's like awesome and holistic, it's like, they still have their shit. Like 
being a human is that. And so, um, yeah, like that was my choice to take my body back and my life back. And then, and now it's becoming more just like, oh no, you're allowed to be a human. And here's how I healed from such a really awkward controversial topic that like a lot of people left me a lot of people in quotations hated me for it a lot of people and it's like oh but I'm still loved I'm still worthy of love and the people that can't handle it that's okay like that's okay again and so um yeah and I think that's also a part of like the books that I'm writing now is like you know my book I'm calling it how to be a great human but it goes how to be a shit crosses it out how to be a good crosses it out how to be a great human or at least try and it's like we are all just humans and trying to exist in this beautiful world right and it's like not everyone's journey is going to be creating a podcast not everyone's journey is going to be writing a book not everyone's journey is going to be doing a photo shoot and posting it online and going against the law like not everyone's journey is that and that's also okay like how are you going to claim your narrative back for yourself is it meditating is it being more internal and dealing with things on your own is it sharing it on a podcast like your story is important you are important and so all of the things you're feeling and doing are important so like how can you do that for yourself so yes it was absolutely a part for me and I'm definitely always go off on tandis because I get so looped up in excitement but yeah <laughs> no I love that so much and I wouldn't even call it a tangent I would call it a passionate expression <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, you know, I, I, I think that that's super important too. And realizing that everybody's path is their own, mm -hmm. right. And there's no right or wrong. There's right for you. And yeah. just because, you know, this person that you look up to, or this person that maybe even has gone through something similar to you has done it this way. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do it that way. Right. And I tell people that, you know, I'm a very extreme person for me, like to do a lot of that healing, I needed to put it out to the entire world. You know, I started with little things of like joining a men's group, having people around me that I can trust and having those conversations. And, you know, it led to some, you know, really good initial steps. And I could feel in my body, I was just like, I need to really own this and really put it out there. And, you know, it doesn't matter what happens afterwards, the fact of putting it out into the universe, that's what I feel like I need to do. It's not what you need to do. It's not what somebody else needs to do. It's what I needed to do. And yeah. it's been super helpful for me. And, you know, just, I, that's what I try to, you know, communicate to a lot of people is just that find out what works for you. Just because this is how I did, it doesn't mean necessarily mean that that's going to work for you. Just because that's how this famous person or influencer does, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's for you. You can distill those lessons. You can take their experiences into account and mold that and, you know, change that to what, um, you know, what works for you and knowing yourself, what you think will be the best. Yeah. Like really what, you know, if there's anything that you and I, and all, hopefully a lot of other people are doing is like, you're, we're just standing in our truth. You know, we're listening to our intuition. We're trusting ourselves. We're trusting those feelings and that what we feel is right for us. And I just, <clears throat> You know, there's a part of me that wants to be like, okay, so let's just see if we can show more compassion for people and what they choose to do for themselves. And hopefully they are choosing to do it for themselves, to heal themselves or care for themselves. And if they're not, then like, we just have to love that too. Like I just, it's like a part of me, um, you know, I sense that there's even still some backlash potentially to you talking about it. And it's like, you're just being truthful and you're standing in your power. Like that's so special, you know? And that's like, we need more people like you, you know? Thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, oh, I lost my train of thought there, but yeah, it's gone. It's completely gone. It's okay. It happens all the time. <laughs> These conversations go so many places. Like I, I happen to be all the time. Even when I'm talking, I'm like, what am I talking about? <laughs> yeah. Where was I going again? I'll just talk a little bit. Maybe I'll remember halfway through. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Or like later you'll be like, I remember. <laughs> yes. And actually perfect. I remember what it is, is that, um, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, a couple of things I tell people about, you know, starting working on themselves, right. What I just coined is the work of, you know, first thing is that it's fucking hard. <laughs> right? like, it is fucking hard and it is very slow. Right. It's not like, okay, I'm going to go through this shitty period for a week and then I'm going to come out a new person right? It is very constant, extremely tough, the toughest thing that I've ever done in my life. Um, and this, you know, the second big thing is that you can't force somebody to do it. Mm -hmm. They need to be willing 
and able and ready to do it themselves. Otherwise, it's never going to happen. They can make a little bit of progress, but until they themselves fully commit to it, um, there's nothing that you or I can do to force that person to start down that journey. So true. And that's so special. That's something that I've been really learning in the last part of this healing process because healing is lifelong. And I think, yes, like I want to also acknowledge it's fucking hard sometimes, but the more that you practice something, just as if you exercise more, it becomes it becomes, I'm going to say easier. I don't know if that's the right word, but it becomes a part of you. It just becomes like a challenge doesn't feel as much of a challenge once you, once you practice tuning into yourself more, like things actually feel easier. And I'm going to keep that term. It's a really interesting term to use. It's very like, I don't know, it doesn't feel totally right, but it is, it, it gets easier. Um, and so I want to acknowledge that too. And then, um, the, the part about the other people is that, that was a hard lesson for me. Um, the more that I started to feel better, the more I wanted to push my healing on other people. And I don't know if that's everyone's journey in healing. I'm not sure. Um, and I realized I was pushing people away. It was either like too much, um, which is fine. Like, I'm not going to take away my journey. I'm so happy. And I'm so grateful for like how passionate and how like committed I've been to healing myself and wanting to help other people. But yeah, like anyone has to be at a point where they go, okay, I'm ready because you're right. It won't land. It won't sit. It might be a temporary thing. And that's where the like letting go too. just letting go, let them exist. You know, let us all just be these beautiful humans existing and just trying to flop around in life. Sometimes, sometimes it's graceful and sometimes it's fucking a shit show. And it's like, that's beautiful. All of it is so beautiful. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that's so good. Um, I honestly feel like we could talk for hours, um, but we are coming up to the end here. Um, I do have one final question for you. And it is, what does this next phase in your journey look like? Mm. Wherever and however you want to take that. Mm. I'm going to be vulnerable here with myself. It's, it's actually hard for me to share still right now, I think, because there's still, it's interesting, there's still quite a bit of judgment around it, but I'm going to stand in my power right now. I'm going to exercise this. So my healing has become now about um, continuously healing myself, but also healing others. And I mentioned briefly that I've been tapping into spirituality. So I'm literally now looking at things like astrology, Claire, like cognizance, Claire, sentient, all these things. And I'm even doing tarot card readings. I'm doing like ceremonies for myself. You know, like I'm defining this spiritual route for myself because within any sort of healing, there are like, you have to be aware there are like sort of, you know, extremes that people can go to in cults that can form maybe or something. So I don't know. I'm, that's where I'm, I'm at now is like, it's very hard for me to talk about it because I know that there's a lot of like shoo shoo around, like having like a crystal ball. Like I don't have that, you know, like this, I'm still a really cool, real person, but yeah, that's where I'm at. And then I just have this like innate desire. I've always had this, but it's becoming more, more real is I'm really wanting to serve other people. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how the spiritual journey, as well as like my books, like my books are very much like, here's the real, here's how it all happened. You know, like, here's the shit. Here's how it all happened. The podcast is about healing. You'll hear it all. The new book I'm writing is about healing. And so it's like, it's coming together. I don't know where this is going to go exactly. I don't know how this is all going to come together. But yeah, it's like, ooh, wee, something powerful is happening. And I'm just kind of trying to roll with it. Um, so thank you for asking that. And um, it's good for me to practice, like still, even if I feel like I'm really far ahead in a journey, it's like, that took me right back to be like, wow, all right. <laughs> you it up, my friend. Like, here we go. <laughs> awesome. I love that so much. Um, if people wanted to connect with you, where would be the best place for them to do that? I would say Instagram. Um, it's at Rebecca Reinhardt at R-E-B-E-C-C-A-R-E-I-N-H-A-R-T. I have other ways to connect, but that's what I find I'm most active on. And I respond usually there. Um, yeah, like if people want to connect, if they want to talk about something, challenge on something, share the love and support, like I love it all. So, and I, I really do 
value, like I know that this is a podcast that we're recording, but I value how this is going to reach people. And I love that. And I feel that like connection to people. So like, please connect me. I love it. So I don't know. I just think this is cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'll put it in, uh, in the notes and everything so people can connect with you. Um, thanks so much again. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Um, yeah, just thank you. And we will talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback that you have through Instagram at Jared Salikin or by email jared at jaredsalikin.com as well as it really would mean the world to me if you liked and subscribed to the podcast. Thanks so much.